Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland. We take timeless biblical truth and help you to apply it in the context of your daily life. If you'd like to join us live at one of our campuses or stream one of our services online, go to peavine.org for times, locations, and more information. Thank you, praise and worship team. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us online and at Rossworth. Those of you that are there, thank you for being here no matter how you're here. Hey, Matthew chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, and if you don't, it'll be on the screen. So I started the sermon series a few weeks ago called The Difference, Let Your Light Shine. And so we're looking at what Jesus talked about in Matthew 5, where in Matthew 5, he lays out the difference between a child of God and, a, and not a child of God, a believer and unbeliever, right? So like there's supposed to be some differences between our lives and unbelievers' life. And so that difference between our life and their life is what shines a light on the gospel. It's what highlights us. It's not self-righteousness. It's just, hey, here, here's what a Christ follower does, and here's what someone who doesn't follow Christ does. And so they see that difference and should want what we have, and it shines a light on the gospel. And so uh, we've been looking through these, like our attitude, our action. We looked at all these things so far. And today I, I want to preach on this, just a simple subject called heart attack. And I'm going to tackle some hard, hard passages. And uh, in this sermon today, there are about four or five different sermons. And I'm going to take the larger, more general view of these passages today. But really, hear me, one of the most important messages I've ever preached in Christian living is today. There's some principles I want to get to you today that will really help you in your Christian life. So, let's, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today I want to talk about this word, H-E-A-R-T. When we talk about our heart, or if we talk about a heart attack even, we're generally f- referring to one of two things. First of all, we might be talking about the condition of our physical heart. And so here's my public service announcement for t- today. Many people need to get their heart in good shape. Our conditions of our physical heart is not very good. I read this, heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial ethnic groups in the United States. Heart, heart trouble. One person dies every 36 seconds in the United States. From cardiovascular disease. That means before this service is over, there'll be like, like a bunch of people. I didn't do the math. There'll be like 60 people pass away before I'm finished preaching. Please, please don't do it while I'm preaching. All right? Save it till you get home. Uh, but about 659 people in the United States die each year. That's one in every four deaths. Heart disease costs $363 billion a year. And one in every six Healthcare dollars is spent on cardiovascular disease. And why do we need that? Well, here's what we discover when you look at heart disease. This is my public service announcement to today. Not moving, poor diet, tobacco use, high cholesterol, obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, alcohol use. Up here at the top, I could be in trouble. Heart attack. We talk about the condition of our physical heart, but that's not, when we say the word heart, it's not the only thing we talk about. When we talk about heart, we talk about our emotional heart. So we talk about heart attack physically, but we have heart attacks emotionally, and that generally comes from a broken heart, and we have a lot of broken hearts in America. I looked up, cheating is closely linked to divorce and separation, that 
if, if you cheated on your spouse, only 53% of those people are still married compared to 76% who did not cheat, and that makes a lot of sense. And then this is interesting. If you look at the adultery graph, you can see the United States of adultery, and you can't see all this, but it maps out the states where the most adultery is committed. And Georgia's kind of right in the middle because there is a lot more than you would like for it to be even in church circles. That is what we would call emotional heart attacks. We have two versions of a heart attack. We have a physical heart attack, and we have a, an emotional heart attack that's caused from a broken relationship. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus dives deeper into the heart attack issue. Many of our issues in our Christian life are a matter of the heart, and it's not a physical one or an emotional one, although that definitely can cause it, and Jesus touches on it. But our, our heart attack tends to be a spiritual heart attack. What causes a spiritual heart attack? Well, we know what causes a spiritual heart attack. It's that little word, S-I-N. And much of what separates us from the rest of the world that doesn't know Jesus is the condition of our heart. Hear me. That's where the enemy attacks you. See, the enemy knows that if he can get into your heart... He can make a mess out of your life, and there's almost no stopping it. So Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus is trying to talk about the difference, he said there needs to be a difference in the heart, the motives, the intentions of a believer versus the heart, motives, and intentions of an unbeliever. Stand with me as we read God's Word, and let's read these Bible verses, beginning in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 21. Jesus said, you've heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder. Whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you're offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come again and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out of there until you've paid the last penny. Verse 27, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Thank you. You may be seated. Jesus is launching into a series of statements that begin this way. You have heard it said, but I say. These are what are called the antithesis statements in the Sermon on the Mount. It doesn't mean that Jesus is saying 
what used to be said is wrong. Here's what Jesus is saying as we launch into this part of Matthew chapter 5. Jesus is saying that the interpretation of what you have of the scriptures is the wrong interpretation because we'll see in a moment. Jesus said, you've heard that it said, thou shalt not murder. Well, Jesus is not coming along saying murder's okay. Jesus is coming along saying that your interpretation of thou shalt not murder is the wrong interpretation. They had reduced it to the letter of the law and Jesus is telling them this, that these, these are not just letter of the law statements, these are heart matter statements. So can I give you four principles today that we learn from what Jesus was trying to tell us about our heart? Number one, we learn this, that your heart is where it starts. Your heart is where it starts. Look what he said in verse 28, in his heart. So here's the key to the Christian life. Hear me this morning. Whether you're right with God and right with man or wrong with God and wrong with man, hear me. It all starts in your heart. What goes on in your heart determines what goes on in your life. And so Jesus took the principle of thou shalt not murder. And Jesus said this, don't even be angry with your brother. Right before you murder someone, murder starts with anger within your heart. Before you commit murder externally, it starts with murder and anger internally. And so Jesus said, hey, here's the deal. You want to stop murdering? Murder's not only wrong. It's not just murder that's wrong, but the things that would lead to murder, the motive intentions of your heart are what matter. And so Jesus said, don't even be angry with your brother or sister gender notwithstanding well then he says this about adultery he said don't look whoever looks at a woman lustfully in his heart Jesus said before you commit adultery externally it starts with adultery internally now hear me Jesus is trying to tell us here that if you don't do it in here first you won't do it out there next if you don't do it in here first you won't do it out there next that everything sin in your life starts in the heart. So no matter what sin you have on the outside, it started on the inside first. No matter what mistake you have on the outside, it started on the inside first. No matter what fall you may have on the outside, it started on the inside first. And when we let it play around in our hearts, we will inevitably lose control and it will erupt on the outside. Now, here's the deal. You might keep it lying dormant for a while. But eventually, opportunity meets longing and it erupts in sin. Opportunity meets longing and it erupts in sin. You say, well, preacher, I've not done anything wrong. I've not really committed adultery. I've not really murdered anybody. I've not really committed some kind of egregious sin. I'm okay. And here's what the Pharisees said. The Pharisees would say, yeah, we're, we're righteous because we've not murdered anybody. Now, these same Pharisees who thought they were righteous were going to orchestrate the death of Jesus. But they thought, since they didn't physically kill him, they'd never committed murder. And Jesus is coming along and saying, no, no, the same thing. That, that when the circumstances get right, that is your opportunity meets intent. When that series of circumstances get right, if you're letting that sin fester in your heart, it will erupt on the outside what's been brewing on the inside. You saw that uh, huge Tonga explosion that happened 
uh, the other day, the volcano, Hungatunga, I think they call it, uh, explosion. That's the satellite view of it. You, you do a little research on that volcano, it sent ash 36 miles into the mesosphere. It, it shot ash up, uh, the, maybe the largest that it's ever been. The explosion was heard 1,200 miles away two hours later. The explosion called two, caused 200,000 lightning flashes that were recorded. 200,000. A four-foot tsunami struck the uh, Tongan capital in Peru. An almost seven-foot tsunami hit, killing several people. It was, this blows my mind, this volcano was hundreds of times more powerful of an explosion than the atomic bomb dropped on Hiroshima in 1945. Hundreds of times more powerful. Hundreds of times more powerful than the atomic bomb dropped in World War II. Professor Shane Cronin from the University of Auckland, who's been following this volcano for several years, said, get this, it has been building up over the past 20 years. Here's what he said. It's a long quote, but I want you to see it. He said, over that time, the magma has been building up inside the edifice and it's been slowly sort of releasing gas. But what happens is that you've got seawater seeping down and the hot magna, magma below. So you get a kind of sealing effect that goes on above the magma where the gases and the pressure is held. But the magma still keeps arriving and the pressure rises and rises to the point where the whole edifice can't contain it any longer. And then you have the sudden explosion release of that material and it breaks apart and that's what it causes. So you go back to and what happened he said with this uh, uh this volcano is that seawater had been cooling the magna and magma and building a shelf but but the magma kept arriving it kept just building pressure and pressure and pressure and although it's under the surface although it's it's not seen by human eyes that if it goes on long enough this is what happens It was just lying dormant under the water. And finally, it erupted so we could all could see it. Now hear me, that's exactly what Jesus was telling us about our hearts. That you may think it's dormant. You may think you've got that sin just in your heart. Preacher, I've not done anything wrong. I mean, yes, I've thought it. Yes, I've mentally kept it going. Yes, I've got it tucked away in my heart, but I would never act on that sin in my heart. But here's what Jesus said. All sin starts off in your heart. Murder and abuse starts off in the heart. Sexual immorality starts off in the heart. Dishonesty starts off in the heart. And lying and disobedience and theft and whatever it is, it all starts off in the heart. That's why the Bible says this in Proverbs. Man, what a great verse. Proverbs says this, guard your heart above all else for it's the source of life. Guard your heart above all else. And even we as Christians, we tend to let our hearts just roam. We let our hearts do all kinds of inconceivable things and we, we justify it by saying it's in our hearts and we think we can go around with all kinds of evil and sin in our hearts and as long as we don't let it out, it's okay. Hear me this morning, hear me. You cannot stop it from getting out. One day opportunity is going to meet longing of the heart and it's going to erupt just like 
It's like a volcano. And that's why the Bible says, guard your heart. It didn't say guard your actions. It didn't say guard your living. It said guard your heart. Christian, let me ask you this morning, what sin are you carrying around in the heart that you think is no big deal? I mean, chances are we're, we're carrying around a sin in our heart and we're like, it's not a big deal. And Jesus said anger leads to murder. And adultery in the heart leads to adultery in the life. That, that you're carrying that around in your heart and one day it's going to erupt. One day opportunity is going to meet a longing and one day that sin that started in the heart. And as Christians we tend to think, well as long as I don't do it, as long as I don't act on it, as long as I don't know Jesus said. It's a matter of the heart. And that leads to the second principle that he gives us in these passages. And this is one of the most important principles you'll ever hear in your Christian life. And that's this. If the sin is wrong, the road that leads to the sin is wrong. If the sin is wrong, the road that leads to the sin is wrong. If the sin is wrong, the road that leads to the sin is wrong. Jesus said... Um, You've heard it said, murder, you shouldn't murder somebody. Can I tell you this? Does anybody in the room disagree that murder is wrong? Does anybody in the room disagree that adultery is wrong? Well, let's just go down to the Ten Commandments. Anybody disagree that lying is wrong, that thievery is wrong? No, no. We're all in agreement here, right? We're all in agreement that just to use Jesus as two examples, we're all in agreement, right? Murder is wrong and adultery is wrong. Can you say amen right there? Can you agree with me on that? Like if you can't say amen on murder is wrong, you really need to be in the altar. Right? Murder is wrong. Let me tell you the failure of the Christian life. We want to do everything but murder and say we're right with God. We want to do everything but adultery and say we're right with God. Even as Christians, we want to walk right up to the edge and then just stop short of the actual sin. So as Christians, we want to get right at the edge of sin and say, well, look, I, I didn't murder anybody. I mean, I hate him, but I didn't murder anybody. Look, I'm not committed adultery. I mean, I've thought about it. I've plotted it. I've planned it. I, I've hoped it, but I've not done it yet. And so I, I've not committed adultery. And Jesus said, no, no, no. If the sin is wrong, then the road that leads to the sin is wrong. Because can I tell you what the, the kind of life you're describing is exactly the kind of life the world already lives. The world knows murder's wrong. So they try to do everything but murder. The world knows adultery is wrong, so they try to do everything about adultery. They 100% agree that all of that is wrong. But the difference between us and them is that we don't even get on the road to those things. We don't just avoid murder. We don't even hate. Anyone or any group. We don't just commit adultery, avoid committing adultery. We stay off the road and we deal with lust before it even gets out. If the sin is wrong, 
Jesus is telling us the road that leads to the sins wrong. By the way, I'll just plug this while I'm here. It's one of the biblical admonitions for staying away from alcohol. The Bible says, it's, you say, preacher, it's wrong to be drunk. By the way, I show you tons of verses that say it's wrong to drink at all. But the Bible says it's wrong to be drunk. Yes, but the Bible principle is also stay off the road that would ever lead to drunkenness. You cannot get drunk if you never take a drink. And so I'll say amen right there. Amen, preacher. We don't just avoid the sin. What the difference between us and a lost and nine world is we stay off the road that leads to sin. Why would you get on a road that the destination leads to death? Here's what Jesus says in that passage. I don't have time to get into all of it. He said, at the worst, it leads to death. And at the best, it leads to a dead end in life. At the worst, it leads to death. And at the best, it leads to a dead end in life. I saw this story uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a lady named Olivia Garcia, 26 years old, hear me, not 86, 26 years old. Her and her fa- family were on a road trip from Jupiter, Florida, when she saw a video, that's a snapshot of it, that convinced her to divert their drive to Char- Charleston, from, they were going to Charleston, South Carolina, instead they went to North Carolina, and here's what she said. She said, I'm from South Florida, so the closest thing we have to mountains here are landfills. So I was excited when I saw this place on TikTok. Supposedly, according to this TikToker, this is Gastonia, North Carolina. And she said, I saw that video and thought, that looks like something out of a Disney movie. And so they drove to Gastonia, North Carolina to see those beautiful mountains in that beautiful village. She said, I realized when we were about 20 minutes out, something wasn't right. Because that's, that 22-year-old guy you see on the screen, his name's Zachary Kesey. And he has a series of videos called Not Carolina. That video was actually shot in Switzerland. And he does it to fool people. And she drove all the way to Gastonia, North Carolina, which, by the way, looks like this. Garcia admitted that she was rickrolled. Now, if you don't know what rickrolled is, uh, look it up, because you'll love the song and you won't be able to get it out of your head for uh, years to come. And so uh, you can look it up, rickrolled. But I love this. She said, she's 26, she said, I learned, I'm quoting directly from the paper, I learned, don't believe anything and everything you see on the internet. What? You cannot believe everything you see on the internet? She followed a road that led to nowhere. And can I tell you, that is a beautiful tragic picture of exactly what the devil will do to you the devil will rickroll you too you know what he'll do he'll paint a beautiful picture on the road to sin and he'll say man you can't wait to get there man it's gonna be so good when you get there man it's gonna be so fun when you get there and all the while here's what he'll tell you he'll say go on the road but don't go too far 
He'll say, let's get on the road. Hey, you're not going to commit adultery. Let's just lust after it. You're not going to commit murder. Let's just lust after it. You're not going to commit any of these sins. Let's just lust after them. But hear me, you will never find a stop sign on the devil's highway. You will never, ever find a stop sign on the devil's highway. He's never going to tell you, hey, you're going too far. Hey, you shouldn't do that. So that's why Jesus came along and said, if the sin is wrong, stay off the road that leads to the sin. That means you need guardrails in your life. You need accountability in your life. You need to stay away from the temptations of your life. You don't indulge those temptations at all. You don't put any confidence in your flesh that you can stop short. You stay off the road entirely. And if I don't get on the road, I can't drive off the cliff. And too many Christians are on the road to sin. Let me ask you a question this morning. Where have you made the left turn to trouble and just haven't arrived yet? Where are you? On your road in life, you're down the wrong road, it's in your heart. You're down the wrong road, it's in your thoughts, it's in your mind, it's in your intentions, but you just haven't arrived yet. Hear me, opportunity is going to meet longing one day, and you're going to run your life off a cliff. I don't care who you are, there are no stop signs on the devil's highway. So how do I avoid that? Jesus said, if the sin is wrong, the road that leads to the sin is wrong. Don't just avoid the sin, avoid the road. Leads me to the third thing, and it goes right along with it. Number three, Jesus said, take extreme measures to avoid sin. Extreme measures to avoid sin. Look what he said. Some of these famous verses in the Bible. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Gouge it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown in the hell. If your right hand causes you to sin, say that with me, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. So I stay off the road, right? But how do you stay off the road? Jesus gave us a sure-proof way of avoiding sin. Take extreme measures. Go one step beyond staying off the road. Don't even let yourself contemplate the road. And Jesus was trying to tell us this. Here we go. Remove anything from your life that would tempt you to get on the road to wrong. Anything in your life that would tempt you to get on the road to wrong. You get rid of anything in your life, not that it would cause you to sin, that would cause you to get on the road. He's not saying to do this just to avoid sin. He's saying to do it to avoid the road to sin. Now, is he telling me, preacher, I have to gouge out my eye or cut off my arm? You do not have to gouge out your eye or cut off your arm. But you do need to get rid of the temptations that would lead you away. That is ruthlessly eliminate the things in your life that would tempt you to do wrong. Make sin inaccessible as much as possible here's what i like to say you can't eat a bag of doritos if you don't have them in your house and if you have to do it take extreme measures to eliminate sin and temptation from your life i was uh when my wife and i first got married we bought our first home and had a basement in it and just about 
once or twice while we lived in that house, we had a trouble with a little mouse that got in our basement. And so I, I'd set out glue traps in that house and in order to catch it. And one day uh, uh, on Monday nights, I went to Bible college with the three or four other guys. We'd all pile up in the same car and drive the trip to go take Bible classes. And so, you know, this is back when cell phones, we had our first cell phone. It was the mid-90s. We had our first cell phone. And, you know, back when you had 100 minutes and nobody knew what, there was no texting. You just had like 100 minutes. And, and so my wife calls me hysterical hysterical on this Monday night. I'm almost at school and my wife calls me hysterical and she said, uh, hey, I need you to come back right now. And I said, I, I can't come back right now unless it's some kind of major emergency. She said, what well, is major emergency? There's a mouse on that glue pad in the basement. And I, I'm like, hey, baby, I can't come back over a mouse. I just can't tell these guys that. And she's like, well, he's going to come back. It's squealing. It won't die. And, and it's, I can't take it. It sounds horrible. It sounds like a horrific way to die. I just need you to come back and deal with it. And I'm like, baby, I can't just tell these guys there's a mouse in a house on a glue pad and it's not, it's going to die, but my wife can't handle the death process of the mouse. And I said, you're, and I said, I can't do it, baby. She said, well, I'm going to do, I mean, I'm going to leave. And I'm like, well, just do this. Take, take some kind of broom and sweep it into a garbage bag, sweep it off the step into a garbage bag and uh, throw it outside. Just throw it in the grass. And when I come home, I'll, I'll get rid of the mouse all the way. I'll end its misery. And so she called me a couple of times during the process uh, of getting a mouse outside. And she said, I finally got outside. And she said, I, I whacked it a time or two when I got outside. And I thought, well, that's great. And so, you, you, you know, you, I come back at 10 o'clock at night. And I go outside, and there's a garbage bag in our front lawn. And so I take the garbage bag, and I get it over in the light, and I get a fly sight and shine down. I mean, I got tons of light. And I turn the bag inside out, and I see, I see the glue trap in there. But all I see are a few pieces of fur on the glue trap. And so I'm worried that, um, um, you know, it's gotten free. There's a little bloody spot, just a little bloody spot, and a few pieces of fur. And I go in the house, and I say, baby, I hate to tell you this, but uh, the, the mouse is gone. Uh, she said, oh, yeah, it's gone. I took care of it. And I said, what do you mean you took care of it? She said, well, I kind of had a lot of frustration built up. <laughs> and I just beat and beat and beat and beat and beat and beat that bag until there was no mouse left. I said, What? And I went back out and looked at it with fresh eyes, and she had beat that mouse till it was just a little blood hair spot on the glue trap. There was absolutely nothing. There was barely enough DNA evidence for a crime lab to determine it had been a mouse. And hear me, you, you may have to beat sin to a bloody pulp in your life. Where there's no evidence of it whatsoever. Because you've got to remove anything from your life that would tempt you to get on the road to wrong. Take extreme measure to avoid sin. Here's what the Bible even says all throughout the Bible flee sexual immorality. So then, my dear friends, flee from idolatry, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Paul said, listen, don't play with it. Don't get around it. You absolutely run from it. You take extreme measures to stay, listen, not stay away from sin, but to stay off the road from sin. It's not take extreme measures to avoid sin. It's take extreme measures to stay off the road to sin. 
And too many Christians are flirting on the road to sin. And Jesus said, get away from it, get rid of it, get out of it. Whatever it takes, take extreme measures. Because, number four, I'm finished. He said, because, number four, earthly chaos creates heavenly consequences. Look at what he said. He said, so if you're offering your gift on the altar, verse 23, this is a, this is a religious, spiritual uh, problem. Uh, for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, the word hell there is interesting. This word Guiana, it was actually a place outside Jerusalem where in the Old Testament, horrible, horrible story, they sacrificed children in the fire. They literally burned children alive in the, in the worship of a god Molech. And so Josiah came along and he tore down all of those uh, uh, altars. He, he got rid of all those. And eventually they turned it into a garbage dump and they would throw refuse there and they would throw uh, bodies of animals there and they kept a fire burning on it continually because the, the, the Valley of Ghana was so filled with garbage and it was so filled with rottenness and it was so filled with rotting animals that they said worms were constantly, maggots were constantly in that fire. And that's the imagery that God uses to describe eternal hell, fire and worms. He said it's like Guiana there with the continual fire and the continual worms. And so Jesus is saying, listen, you're about to throw your life away that these, this earthly chaos that you could create by sin and this earthly chaos that you create by being on the road to sin, it does two things. It affects your relationship with God and it kills things, even you. When you're hanging around temptation and sin it destroys things in your life always and without question and the devil will tell you it's fun the devil will tell you it's happiness the devil will tell you excitement waits beyond his door but it doesn't it never does death and chaos are always behind the door of temptation and that's the difference between us and the rest of the world we understand what tragedy sin causes and so jesus said the difference between you a believer and an unbeliever is how we treat sin we don't just avoid the sin murder we avoid the road that leads to sin anger we just don't avoid adultery the sin we avoid the road that leads to adultery adultery in the heart lust we stay away from it. We fight it because we know the tragedy it brings. Close your Bibles. I'm, I'm finished. Proverbs 19, 23 says this, For the fear of the Lord leads to life. It's what Jesus is trying to tell us here. That a healthy fear of God and the consequences of sin and the consequences of doing wrong reminds us that earthly chaos creates heavenly consequences. Stand with me across the room. Over the past few weeks, about a month now, some people who listen to KUOW in Seattle, and it's weird, it's only people in Seattle who have a certain Mazda make of car from a certain year, mostly from 2016. Everybody who had a 2016 Mazda in Seattle 
got into their car one day and the radio was tuned to 94.9 and they had no idea why and they couldn't turn it off. Navigation didn't work. The computer screen didn't work. They couldn't turn the radio station off. All they could do was change the volume. Nothing in the car worked except for 94.9. Only 2016 Mazdas mainly. So, so the, the radio, and, and Mazda finally, for weeks, Mazda didn't know what the problem was. It, it was really weird. And it was freaking people out. People were trying to get rid of their cars and trade them in because they thought they were possessed or something. And so KUOW decided to take advantage of it, and they created this bumper sticker for all Mazdas. I can't stop listening to KUOW, and I've tried. That's the mantra of the world, though. You know what the world would say? I can't stop sinning, but I've tried. I can't stop messing up my life, but I've tried. I can't stop doing wrong, but I have tried. But the difference between us and them is we can stop. We can change the radio station anytime we want to. And stop a heart attack in our lives. Can I ask you this morning what the condition of your heart is? You say, oh, preacher, my, life, my living's good. I got it all down. I haven't done anything wrong. I'm not got any sin much going on in my life. Preacher, I'm good. What? let's go a step further when your heart's in the wrong spot you're just it's not when you're going to sin not if you're going to sin it's just when you're going to sin Christian can I ask you what road are you on that you shouldn't be on the road that leads to the sin the road that starts in your heart the, the road that is um, uh, that lust in the heart that anger in the heart that sin in your heart and you say preacher I'm not done any of those things no but only because you haven't had the opportunity yet. There are many Christians in this room that, watching online, wherever you may be, there are many Christians, listen to me this morning, that, that here, here's what you think. You think, preacher, I haven't done anything wrong, so I'm right with God. But yet, remember what Jesus said? But your hearts are far from me. It's a matter of the heart. There's, there's some... Christians in the room watching me who this morning you need to ruthlessly eliminate things in your life that are leading you on the road not even not even down the road just on the road on the road Jesus said ruthlessly eliminate them because I want to tell you that earthly chaos you're about to create has heavenly consequences in your life things are going to die people are going to be hurt your life is going to be messed up. You won't find a stop sign on the devil's highway to tell you you've gone too far. He'll tell you you're not driving fast enough. Jesus said, stay off the road and take extreme measures. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? If you're watching online, Jeremy's got a word for you right now. Listen to him. But what a great message, Pastor Joel, and, and it's, a, it's a great reminder for us that, man, it starts in our heart. And that passage in Matthew chapter 5 where it says, if you, if you hate your brother, you've, you've committed murder. If you look on a woman with lust, it's the same as committing adultery, and sin starts in our heart. Sin starts in our heart before we even 
take action. And if we, if we can prevent it, we're never going to not be tempted. But when we have that temptation, if we can cut it off right there and uh, not get involved and let, not let our minds and our hearts take us where our body shouldn't go. You know what else starts in the heart? A relationship with Jesus. And, and so often, here's what we do. We think, man, I've got to clean up my life. There's some sins in my life. I need to fix this. I need to change this about myself before I come to Jesus. You know what? Jesus loves you just like you are. And He wants a relationship with you that begins with you understanding that you're a sinner. You've broken God's law. Just like Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden, you've broken God's law. It begins with you being willing to admit that. And then you believe that Jesus died on the cross. And when He died on the cross, He took all of your unrighteousness and all of His righteousness and He swapped them. And He could do that because He was sinless and He was perfect and He was holy. He nailed your sins to the cross. And if you believe that, that He died on the cross, that He was buried and on the third day He rose again, then confess that to Him. Stop trying to earn your way to heaven. If God has spoken to your heart and you need to give Jesus your life today, then tell God this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time, we want to say welcome to the family. We want to say you're not on this journey alone and we want to help you. And so if you would, pull out your phone. My phone number is 423-800-1871. If you'll pull out your phone and text me just your name, I'm going to connect with you this afternoon and help you start to take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus. Hey, it's been awesome to be together this morning. I'm excited about our time together each and every week. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week as we help equip you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For the latest updates about what's happening around Peavine City, be sure to connect with us on social media. For more information about Peavine, to get in touch with us or check out one of our services, visit us at peavine.org. Thanks for listening. <music>